If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Smart TV. And in a shock twist, there is no Kellyanne Taylor. No, that minx has disappeared off on holiday for two weeks. However, she has left me, Caroline Frost, in the capable hands of the Radio Times TV previews editor, Francis Taylor. Happy to have you. Hello, Francis. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Right. Now, without further ado, we will get to some cracking factual content because we know that that is a big hit with our listeners. But let's just plough through some cracking new drama. What do you have for us, Francis? First off the top of the list. Top of the list, we have £10 poms. So episode one of this actually aired on Sunday, 14th of May. So it's already been out a little while, but all of the episodes are on iPlayer. It's one of those box set oh, yes. binge drops. So uh, good to flag it up. Um, okay. But it's, I'll say kickoff, it's written by Danny Brocklehurst, who clearly loves working with Michelle Keegan because she's starred in two of his other dramas already. Is she his muse? I think so, yeah, very much so. Everyone needs a muse. And and she is his brassic and ordinary lies as already starred in, and she kind of heads up this new six faster. Okay, so what's the crack, as they don't say down under? <laughs> so it's all about uh, actually a factual, there's a bit of factual for you there, mm-hmm. factual scheme from the 1950s um, called the £10 Poms scheme. Okay. So it was a, an incentive for British people to move to Australia. It only cost £10 to sail on a six-week journey down under to have a brand new life. Uh, there are lots of very glossy adverts, white picket fences, lovely, lovely stuff. The dream. The dream. And, okay. it, it, and it looks like the dream for Terry, who's Warren Brown. Uh, he spends all his time and his money uh, in the pub and at the races. And he has a wife called Annie, played by Faye Marseille. She was completely fed up with it. And And she sees this advert and thinks, lovely, lovely stuff. Get ourselves a bit of sunshine. Get ourselves a bit of green grass. Nice enough. They then arrive in Australia and like so many things in life, it's just not like the adverts. Is it not the dream they envisage? It's not. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a six-part drama. I think Terry likens it to kind of a prisoner of war camp. Oh, lovely. Yeah, nice vibes. And the, the work's horrible. There's a lot of racism. It's all just kind of not really what they expected. But he's kind of promised her brand new start, brand new life. Again, lasts for about 20 minutes until he's back on the beer and back kind of up to his old tricks. It bounces along very 
speedily. There's a lot that happens in episode one. I feel like they almost probably pack too much actually mm-hmm. into the first episode. Uh, I don't know how they can keep that pace up for all six eps. But it's at the end, something happens. I won't give it away, even though this has already aired, but I still won't give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it. Something happens that is quite dark and makes you think, oh, okay, this this isn't quite the kind of call the midwife fluffy drama that perhaps oh, we sure. thought it would be. So tell me, do you think that they will ultimately triumph or do you think that they, this will become a call the midwife 10 seasons later? They're still striving. <laughs> no, I think it will probably be. So they, they get their passports taken off them when they arrive in Australia and they're told that they have to be there for two years. And then I wonder if maybe come the end it will be. We've had our two years in Oz. Right. Goodbye. That's where you day. get the cast change. Exactly. I exactly. See. Very good. All right. Well, I can offer something from the Isle of Man, not quite so distant shores as Down Under. This is Maryland. ITV One uh, starts on Monday the 22nd and they are stripping it, as I believe is the word in the industry. It is. Across three evenings. So we have Suran Jones. People will know her from Vigil, from Dr. Foster. My goodness, she's just in everything great. Gentleman Jack. And she plays one of the sisters. The other is... Eve Best, who people might know not as well. She's mostly a theatrical actress. They play sisters. They don't look anything like each other, but they are very believable in their chemistry. And what happens is uh, the Maryland of the title is the note they get to say that a woman's body has been found on a beach on the Isle of Man. Who? Why? Off they go. And it's their mother. And they discover that their mother has been leading this fantastical double life. Wow, to dream. And that is the Maryland of the title. She is Mary and she has created this other life for herself. And that's the really part mystery, but also part rediscovery of family ties. You know, all those grumbles that siblings have. I think every sibling watching will relate to both the resentment, but also the underlying affection and ultimately the ties that bond. So, Siran Jones, on, on great form as My usual. slight red flag for this, though, is that I always think, sometimes, sometimes this isn't the case, I'm going to say that now, but the whole three nights stripped drama never screams confidence to me. Well, okay. Hmm. Probably going to be available on ITVX forever, but (laughs) I hear you. All right, what else have you got? So I've also got Steel Town Murders, another one that's already aired. So this started on Monday, 15th of May. All Eps are on iPlayer now. Again, do you know what? I'm always thinking a little bit, and it's the same with £10 Poms and Steel Town Murders, where they do the old box set drop. Hmm. It does also say to me a little bit, Oh, how confident. We're not sure. Not sure. Let's just pop it all up and see see what sticks. But this is a complete opposite of £10 Poms, which was like 100 miles an hour, throwing everything at you, speedy, speedy. This is slowy, slowy. Possibly a bit too slow. It's based on a true story of uh, essentially how a killer was caught using DNA evidence uh, in the first case of its kind. It's uh, set in Wales, both in 1973 and in the early 2000s. So uh, three young women have been murdered in the Port Talbot area. And it's just how the police at the time handled the case and then latterly how they ended up solving it, essentially with the uh, advent of DNA technology 30 years later. So you have Philip Glenister starring, Stefan Rodri, who I can't you know, still see past Dave Coaches, but he has shaved the moustache off now. So, you know, okay. not quite Dave Coaches. I think the thing for me with this is it's a slow burn as I say very slow (laughs) but it's also the whole thing no matter what sort of time period is being focused on not only very moustaches and mullets in terms of 
whether it's the 70s or the noughties. Mm-hmm. But everything was just sort of very, very sepia. Everything was... Or a, love a bit of brown. I know. And I love a bit of brown. A bit of brown is fine. This is just sort of tinged everywhere with a, a 70s nicotine I smoke. And, well, you, you'll love this then. I also found it quite disconcerting that the sort of early naughty stuff, they had technology, you know, uh, computers, those kind of fat early, you know, Windows 95 kind of-esque mm, computers. Clunky. That's fine. Very clunky. And I, then I was thinking, oh, but this is more the present day. And then I thought, oh, it's actually 20 years ago, oh, the early noughties. I know. And so that just that just made me sort of resent everything even more. Of but. course, of course. No, I love a bit of brand. And I do say, I don't think there's anything nicer than a vintage crime drama. I'm thinking of Bertie Carvel's Sideburns as Adam Dalgoose. Yes, yes, I'm very thinking true. of... Mr. Endeavour's uh, various mustachios during that yes. sweet now departed series. Um, I think it's a cracking combination of elements, but as you say, it does leave them open to uh, the little and a bit of cliche. I think star. as well, a little bit of cliche. There's Wait, a reason for cliches. I know, but you're ticking off all the you know the cars and the yes. sideburns as you go. And I mean, Let's I might not be coming back to, to episode two for that one anyway. That's all I'm saying. Well, you're keeping it real for sure. All right, let's do some factual stuff. What have you got? So I just mainly had to talk about this because of the title, because it made me laugh, because it's straight from the Alan Partridge wheelhouse of commissioning. Uh, Great British dog walks with Phil Spencer on more four at nine o'clock. You're, you're narrowing your eyes at me somewhat. I love a dog on telly. Yes. Um, Is that where that stops for you there? Well, yeah. I wonder, I mean, obviously we, we already much miss Paul O'Grady and his great love of dogs. What sets this apart from all other canine television? I mean, I, I don't know what else you, you want apart from dogs no. walking with Phil Spencer. I mean, it, it's a very Ron Seal TV programme. It literally does just that. <laughs> Yes. He has a dog called Luna, Phil. Uh, it's a 10-month-old sort of puppy. He's never seen the sea before, which is very exciting. Oh. That's that's quite the moment where he takes his dog to the beach okay. for the first time. Um, but he's being joined by famous people. We'll use that word famous relatively loosely. The first episode, it's SAS Who Dares Win star Billy Billingham. Brilliant name. Not, We're using it loosely. Yeah, not... not too au fait with, with the man's work. You know, it's very easy to be cynical about this. And I was, and I am. I'm always very cynical. But actually, it's very charming. It's very sweet. It's sort of very BBC4 slow TV mm-hmm. vibes. It's just very sweet. As everybody from the Queen to everyone else has yeah. discovered, <laughs> dogs keep it real. Yes. Both for dogs and for the people in their lives. So perhaps and it's kept, that's what it's kept very get. real because both dogs do number twos. And again, Caroline, your hand's gone up. Enough uh, now. Enough now. But I, I'm just saying, very real, very real, very one seal, very funny. And I also wrote down a few other uh, program ideas that more can have for free. I've got potholing with Kirsty Allsop and Sarah Beanie's Great British Litter Pick. So you can expect those soon, I think. I if, think we can. And have you been watching Once Upon a Time in Northern Ireland? I this week? have, helpfully. Oh, good. I highly recommend this. Very serious, very different from the dog stuff. So this is from the same team who brought us Once Upon a Time in Iraq. And the team make a great point of really trying to get stories, intimate personal stories, not from the public figures that we always hear about on the news, but from the people on all sides of the conflict who Mm. have lived through these troubles. And it just makes you realise that we take peace for granted Mm. in this country and just the, the terror that was on their doorstep. So, for example, I think we previewed in the Radio Times one chap called Michael McConville, whose mother 
just disappeared when he was a youngster, nine years old, back in 72. She just disappeared and there were all sorts of rumours about what had happened to her, whether she had had an affair with a British soldier, whether she had become an informer. They didn't hear about her fate for years and years and years. And it's just, I mean, he's not alone. There are all sorts of stories like this. And as I say, very balanced and meaningful because it just makes you realise, goodness me, that peace process, that Good Friday Agreement was... For us, a headline here in London, in the UK, mm. but for people living not very far away, just life-changing. Mm. So, it's, And as you say, really interesting to just hear from ordinary people who, again, wouldn't have been heard from at the time in, no. in those really pivotal moments. And the producers actually said it was easier to get stories out of people in Iraq than it was to get stories out of people in Northern Ireland because they have lived with that fear and that silence for such a long time. It's just ingrained in them. How interesting is that? And again, not uh, something you'd assume no, at all. No, not at all, because you think of wonderful, charming Irish people, but uh, no, they keep quiet more often than they don't. Mm. So incredibly interesting and informative, but also very moving. Mm. So there Excellent. we go. Okay. Well, also another really interesting, but completely different factual programme this week is Real Stories, Pet Shop Boys. And Real there is spelled R-E-E-L. You see what they've done there? You see yep. what they've done there? Um, on BBC Two at the very strange time of 9.05pm uh, on Saturday. But I really like this series. It's kind of a bit of an occasional one, doesn't pop up mm, too often. Mm. But it's pop stars talking all about their careers, life and times, and maybe moments that they have forgotten about. Some massive moments for them as well. I think Dermot O'Leary, who hosts it, has spoken to Robbie Williams before, Kylie Minogue. Uh, but the subject of this episode, as I say... Pet Shop Boys are very unlikely pop stars. Are you a Pet Shop Boys fan? I'd have you down as one, but... Yes, I think so. And I love the story. I love that Neil Tennant was a journalist in the Smash Hits office That's and it. went out and got a record deal. Yeah. And to much to the great enjoyment and amusement of all his colleagues who still talk about it to this day. Yeah. And that looking at the transformation of him when he sat in the office, looking a little bit nerdy, um, to then a year later bonafide pop star mm. still looking fractionally nerdy but very cool it's quite a phenomenal story really and it's one of those that their whole trajectory and also just how they met which was very randomly in a in a hi-fi shop I think it was Neil who went in for a lead for a synthesizer and Chris walked in and they just got chatting about music and, the, and then I think as it, the story goes they went to the pub pretty much straight away and just wrote a song and How that wonderful. was it I mean it's just fantastic there's so many of these sliding doors moments throughout their career and uh, yeah as you say working at Smash Hits um, I think it was Neil then flew to New York for a feature mm -hmm. to do an interview but then met a producer out there who went right I want to record you let's go for it I mean it's just really good but it's re it's a lot of fun um, again Dermot sort of shows them in this cinema uh, it's all very understated again I like that mm. it's just literally the three of them sat in an empty cinema watching highlights from their careers and some of them they have completely forgotten about some of them are brilliant you know like headlining Glastonbury some are just baffling because I, I didn't realise that Chris Lowe had done a cameo in Neighbours in 1995 and it's uh, it's not good acting I'm going to say it but uh, again <laughs> Dermot says to him were you a big Neighbours fan did you you know just this long held ambition to star in Neighbours 
And he just sort of shrugs in that typical Chris Lowe way and kind of goes, well, it's just in Australia and I thought it might be a laugh. I know. And turned up and, yeah. Didn't and they do the archers as well? Might have done. That doesn't I mean, pop up. It shows, it's quite a rare band that reaches from neighbours to the archers without a blink of an eye, isn't it? Yeah. It's just some of the stuff they've, again, obviously, that they've achieved and um, and some of their highlights. It's, it's really oh, fun having them reminisce on that. So um, it's a really nice, nice little watch. On? When can we see that? So that's Saturday the 20th of May. Again, 9.05, strange time, p.m. on BBC Two. Right. Finally, let's just dig out something from the archive. This week, our hook is Australian telly. Obviously, huge feast of riches to pick from. But what have you alighted upon? It's Colin from Accounts, which if you have not watched it yet, please, please do go and watch it right away. It's an eight-part comedy on uh, BBC iPlayer. It's still airing. The finale is coming up very soon. Um, But it's starring and written by a husband and wife couple who are very, very funny, very brilliant. But the little premise of it is uh, she's crossing the road. He stops his car to let her cross the road. She distracts him. Bit of an X-rated distraction. You can say. She flashes her boob at him. Thank you. We've all been there. We've all done that. He's distracted by it and then nudges his car forward as he's going to drive off and hits a dog. Now, what we call a meat cute. It is a meat cute. I think I wrote that in my first preview for episode one, where I said, not your typical meat cute. And it isn't because they then end up at the vet and this, I have to say, incredibly charismatic, very, very cute dog that steals every scene he's in is injured and he needs one of those little sort of dog wheel contraptions. Mm. Who is Colin from Accounts? Right. So it's a bit of a spoiler, really, because it's at the end of the first episode. They name the dog and they call him Colin. Oh. From accounts, he's working on a big project. But it's very silly, but it's very funny. What Great. is what is your Aussie highlight? Oh, Caroline? nothing so uplifting. All I've got is a seasoned political thriller. Two seasons available on Netflix called The Secret City, which is filmed in that glamorous tourist attraction of Canberra, the Australian capital. Uh, where I now, as you've visited. been as, yes, as you've been I to like... Canberra, you can say that I'm sort of looking blankly because I've never been to Australia. So, for all I know, Canberra might be very glamorous. Mm, Canberra's kind of like the Washington DC of Australia, where people again, I've not been to Washington. Rock up for political high flying careers and then fly back out as soon as they've secured it. Okay, um, very interesting. Great performances across the board with a bunch of actors that you will recognise from every other Australian TV show, <laughs> but possibly won't be able to name. But it's your classic intrigue. It's a little bit of a state uh, shenanigans and highfalutin industry and all the twists and turns which starts with a body in the Lake Burley Griffin. Yes, informed Australian people, that's the lake in question. All right. Well, I think that's all for it. Francis, will you be back with us next week? Can we persuade you? Oh, only only if you ask very nicely. Okay. No, I'll be back. All right. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. Any programmes you think we should be talking about, please do email in podcast at radiotimes.com. And in the meantime, happy, happy viewing. viewing.